0: Please open your copies of God's Word to the Gospel of Luke. With Pastor Vinky coming and preaching in the morning, I wanted to take a break from the James series, and so uh, we will look at, at the Gospel of Luke tonight. Chapter 5, we're going to look at the first 11 verses of chapter 5. This is when the Lord uh, calls Peter and James and John to himself, and he calls them as disciples. We see their answer. Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, Let's pray. Lord, we are very grateful for your word. And we are very grateful for the gospels where we get to see you, Lord Jesus, as you walked among us. And we are fascinated by the things that we see and the things that we hear. Uh, Lord, we oftentimes wish we were there, that we would be able to see even from a distance, to be able to look on. We would ask that you would help us to do something like that tonight, uh, that you would bring to life um, this moment from history and that you would uh, bring it to our minds and that you would search our hearts as we meditate on your word. We'd ask that you would apply your word to our lives. Lord, that you would change us, that you would transform us. Lord, you know that we are disciples on the journey following you. So we'd ask that you would encourage us and tell us those things that we need to hear. We'd ask that you'd hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. I don't know if you've um, seen any of the videos out there, but there are several mercy ministries that specialize in eradicating curable blindness. Statistics show that 80% of blindness is either curable or or preventable. And sadly, many who live in poverty also end up living in blindness, and that's because they tend to live in small villages where they are distant from regular health care, and most are barely making enough just to survive, and they can't uh, frankly afford the luxury of sight. And I was recently exposed to a story of two young sisters who are blind with a curable form of blindness. Their names are Anita and Sonia. Anita is eight years old and Sonia is 13. They come from a very uh, poor family. And again, they've lived uh, with this curable form of blindness since their birth. And so neither one of them have ever seen the faces of their mother or their father or anybody else uh, who loved them. And when you see uh, the videos of these two young ladies, it's very sad because their little eyes roll around uh, without direction. Um, It's very, very sad to see. Um, By God's grace, there are mercy ministries, though, that seek out uh, these types of cases, these types of families, and then they bring these needed operations uh, to them for free. When one of them came near the village of Anita and Sonia, her parents uh, brought them to see the medical team, and they were examined, and, and they underwent a surgery. And, uh, of course, they had the bandages on their eyes, and they needed to wait and so forth. And then in the video, they show you the unveiling when they take the bandages off. And you can see uh, the young ladies kind of wince in pain. It's like it's that first time that light is... Penetrating their eyes, and then you see their little faces uh, light up uh, when they see their parents for the first time. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, it's as if Peter had a similar, similar spiritual surgery. He sees Jesus in a way he had never seen him before, and it was life changing. It changed his life. It led to his discipleship. So, we're going to look at this text. We're going to examine it. And we're going to think about what constitutes faithful discipleship. And we're going to begin with our first heading, which is Be a faithful disciple by listening. Be a faithful disciple by listening. In our passage, we are told how uh, Peter, James, and John become disciples. In the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, they both give us an account, but they don't give very many details at all. Uh, But Luke's Gospel gives us a detailed account of what happened on that day, and of course its focus is Peter. We see Peter confronted with who Jesus really is. So what takes place in our text? Jesus is on the shore of a lake. He has a large crowd around him, and they're pressing in on him, uh, and there are fishermen on the shore of the lake, and they are mending their nets. They're uh, cleaning their nets, untangling them, laying them out to dry on the shore. It has been a long night for them of fishing. And Jesus asks Peter if he can use one of his boats so that he can get a little bit of space from the crowd as he teaches. So Jesus gets into one of the boats and it's anchored just offshore while he continues to teach and preach. And when Jesus is done teaching, he tells Peter to go back into the water and to cast his net for a catch. And to his credit, Peter goes out there and casts his net. And to his astonishment, he catches fish. But he doesn't just catch fish. He catches an extraordinary amount of fish, a miraculous amount of fish. And the catch is, in fact, so big that Peter signals to his partners to bring a second boat. Uh, There are so many fish that it begins to look like their boats are going to sink as they are filling them. I don't know if you've ever seen a car or a truck sometimes when they're filled with a large amount of like maybe bricks or um, cement and things uh, like this. You've ever seen a a car, they're just completely bottomed out, their suspension is bottomed out. That's what these boats look like, so filled, uh, they were afraid water would start to come over the edge soon. Well, Peter knows this is not normal. He's witnessed a miracle. And of course, Peter and James, we see they exchange words, incredible words. And then Peter, James, and John leave everything to follow Jesus. This passage demonstrates that faithful discipleship begins with listening. In verse 1, Peter is part of a larger crowd who is listening When Jesus was teaching the word on the shore. And in verse 3, Jesus asks if he can use one of Peter's boats. Peter listens, he agrees, and Jesus proceeds to teach from his boat. What about verse 5? Jesus asks Peter to go back out on the water and cast his net for a catch. And Peter listens. Now you've got to understand, Peter is a professional fisherman. He has been fishing all night because that is the time to fish in deep water. And he's caught nothing. He's frustrated. He's tired. He's just finished cleaning his equipment and laying laying it out to dry. And now Jesus tells Peter to go into the deep And to let down his net for a catch, again, to his credit, Peter listens. And after the miraculous catch of fish, Jesus tells Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And what is Peter's response? Verse 11 says that he left everything and followed Jesus. Again, you see, Peter listened. But we all know that there is a difference between listening and listening. It's one thing to hear, but it's another thing to listen. Parents and children, you know what I'm talking about. Parents are always asking their children if they have heard them. Are they listening? Children hear, but then they decide if they're going to listen. Bosses and managers can relate with this. So can teachers and students. What's my point? Be a faithful disciple by listening. A faithful disciple listens. Hear this sermon But don't just hear it. Hear it. Listen. What is Jesus telling you? James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. We heard something similar this evening in our scripture memory as well. Faithful listening leads to repentance a change of mind, a change of mind and heart that leads to action. And that's what we see happen to Peter. He has a change of heart and mind that leads to action. We see that you should be a faithful disciple by repenting. That is our second heading. Be a faithful disciple by repenting. Well, our text tells us that Peter listened to Jesus. He gathered his men and he loaded his boat and he set back out on the lake of Gennesaret out to try to catch some fish. And once they were into deep waters, he cast his net and Jesus filled them to capacity. So much so that they were struggling to haul it in. The men were no doubt excited and surprised and full of wonder. Now, we talked about this. The catch was so big that the boats couldn't hold anymore. But what about Peter's reaction to the catch? Consider verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, "'Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord.'" For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. Peter had witnessed a miracle and he knew it. He was just on shore listening to Jesus preach about the arrival of the kingdom of God and our need for repentance. And all at once, Peter is confronted with reality. It hit him. Jesus is the promised Messiah. He's the one. Jesus is the Christ, the Lord. And confronted with who Jesus is, Peter now realizes who he is. He's confronted with holiness. And being confronted with holiness, he's keenly aware of his own sinfulness. He intuits his desperate need for a savior. He knows for the first time that he is not okay. He's always been willing to recognize that he is a sinner, but this time it's different. He's in trouble, and he knows it. He needs forgiveness. He needs mercy. Peter falls down on his knees. He recognizes Jesus as Lord. He says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. In verse 5, Peter referred to Jesus as master. Now he recognizes him as Lord. And he senses the divide that sin causes between God and man. He says, depart from me, confessing I am a sinful man. He's kneeling before God Almighty, manifested in the flesh. And consider the gentle reply of the Savior. He says, do not be afraid. Peter is afraid. He's terrified. Sin is an affront to the character and the authority of God. Peter is a cosmic criminal, if you will, because of his sin. And yet, God is full of mercy. Jesus says, Do not be afraid. We see Peter's repentance in these verses. He undergoes a change of heart and of mind regarding Jesus. That change of mind turns into action. Again, in verse 11, we read that Peter left everything and followed Jesus. Do you recall your own conversion experience? I'm not talking about a dramatic story like this necessarily but do you recall a time or or maybe a season where you became aware of who you are and who God is and your own need for a savior do you remember a time when you took ownership of the gospel when you finally understood the cross of Christ and asked God to forgive your sins. A time where you became resolute, resolute to actively follow Jesus. You might be tempted to think that repentance starts at the beginning of the Christian life, but the truth is repentance is the Christian life. Have you ever seen that old movie, Groundhog Day? Same thing, right? Every day. Every day, the same thing. Luke 9.23 says that we are to pick up our cross daily and follow Christ But dying to self is hard, isn't it? It's very hard. Our old sin nature remains in us, and it makes its presence known. Our past sins can also make us assume that we've been too sinful to be used by God. But that is not true. God wants to use you to tell others about Jesus In verse 10, we see that Jesus calls his disciples to evangelism. That's another mark of Christian discipleship. Be a faithful disciple by evangelizing. That's our third heading. Be a faithful disciple by evangelizing. Christians can identify with the experience that Peter had when he was on the boat kneeling Before the Lord, we finally came to understand who God is, and we came to understand our own need for forgiveness. God enlightened our minds, didn't He? It's as if we were blind, like Anita and Sonia, and then God gave us sight. And for the first time, we came to understand what a treasure, what a treasure Christ is. Jesus offers free pardon of all of our sins, forgiveness of sin and eternal life. In verse 10, we see the Lord lift up Peter's chin, if you will, and he looks him in the eyes and he tells him, do not be afraid, Peter. From now on, you will be catching men. You see, there was something Peter could do to glorify his Lord. He could follow his repentance with service. He could follow his repentance with service. Peter was a fisherman, but he was about to undergo a career change. Uh, The Lord was calling Peter to be an evangelist and an apostle. And with Christ's help, Peter hauled in boatloads of fish that day, but soon, with Christ's blessing, Peter would be hauling in Boatloads of believers. You will remember that just after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, Peter cast the gospel net when he preached in Jerusalem. Do you remember the story of him preaching on the day of Pentecost? 3,000 people came to faith that day. What a haul! And this message. And Luke, this passage of Luke is a historical account of Peter being called as a disciple. That's what it's about, right? Jesus is calling Peter to lay down his life as a fisherman and to follow, follow him into full-time ministry. Are all disciples called into full-time ministry? Well, no, of course not. Are all Christians Called to evangelize. Yes. Yes. But what evangelism looks like is going to vary for each of us. We've all been given different gifts, different opportunities. We've all been given different providences, different circumstances. Evangelism shouldn't be forced or contrived. Evangelism should be organic and natural. The people that the Lord has put into your lives is your mission field. Your family, your friends, your children, your grandchildren, your coworkers, your classmates, anyone and everyone you come in contact with is part of your mission field. When Jesus told Peter to take the boat back out on the water for a catch, Peter must have rolled his eyes and thought, There is no way I'm going to catch anything. And yet, with Christ behind you, all things are possible. Don't give up on that prodigal son or daughter in your life, pray for them. Don't give up on your family or that friend that you think is never ever ever going to believe or your coworkers cast the gospel net. The result of the catch is in the Lord's hands. But what about full-time ministry? Who will serve? As the next generation of preachers and teachers and missionaries, someone has to go. Someone has to go. Here's my question Is he calling you? How do you know if God's calling you? It starts with a desire in your heart. That's where it starts. Do you have the desire? If you have the desire for full-time ministry, you think maybe it's for you, talk to one of your elders about how to discern the call. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You want to be a faithful disciple? Listen to the Lord. Leave sin behind and pursue holiness. Be honest with others. Share how Christ has changed your life. Be a faithful disciple by following Christ. That is our fourth heading. Be a faithful disciple by following Christ. Well, our text, it closes dramatically. It says that Peter and James and John left everything that day to follow Jesus. Look at verse 11. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Peter left everything. He was a business owner in Capernaum. He had a fishing business, he had boats, he had nets, and he had other equipment. He most likely had employees. We know from Luke chapter 4, verses 38 and 39, that Peter also had a family. He was a member of his local synagogue. His friends were there. His family was there. Peter left everything. He left everything to follow Jesus. Do you need to leave all of your worldly possessions to follow Jesus? Probably not. But you may. It's not about things. Following Jesus is about your heart. It's about your heart's disposition, your willingness it's about your heart commitment to Christ. Are you willing to trust the Lord wholeheartedly, no matter what? Will you follow him, even if it's costly? Peter didn't know what lied ahead of him. He had to take a step of faith He needed to be willing to walk in faith. Peter didn't know at the time that he was being called to be an apostle. He would play a unique role in redemptive history. Peter needed to leave everything behind because his calling required specialized, intensive training. And he would have to sacrifice because of that. He would have to sacrifice greatly. Again, Peter was called to be an apostle. He was called to be an elder in the Jerusalem presbytery. He was called to be a missionary and a church planter. And he was called to be a martyr. What did Jesus say about following him? Luke 19 or Luke 9 verse 23 and 24. In that text Jesus says, "If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever would lose his life for my sake will save it. And Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Let him deny following their own path, their own will, their own desires. Let him take up that instrument by which to kill all his desires that are contrary to the revealed will of God and follow me. For whoever would save being the master of his life is going to lose it eternally but whoever loses or lets go of being his own master for my sake and the gospels will save it eternally. A Christian, by definition, is someone who follows Christ. A Christian is not someone who verbally acknowledges that Jesus is Lord, but from a distance. No, no. A Christian is one who puts their money where their mouth is, who acknowledges Jesus as Lord and follows Him. Have you metaphorically left everything to follow Christ? Does He possess your heart? Does He possess your affection? Do you belong to Him? Is Jesus your Lord? Or are there things in your life that take precedence over him? Is Jesus second or third or fourth in line, waiting to see if you've got any time left for him? Any affection left? Jesus said that you need to take up your cross daily. The cross is heavy, isn't it? It's very heavy. Some days it's heavier than others. Where are you going to find the strength? Christ is your power provider. He will provide you the strength through the ordinary means of grace. What are the ordinary means of grace? The word, sacraments, and prayer. We heard a little bit about that in the morning sermon, didn't we? Not to neglect the gathering of the saints. Because it's here, you're hearing the public reading and the preaching of God's word, and God strengthens you through his word. He does that here, and he does that as you pursue him on your own through the word of God as well. And he also strengthens us through the sacraments. Again, the Lord's Supper is the gospel to the eyes, and in that supper that he has provided for you, he strengthens you as you meet him there At the table. And he strengthens us through our baptisms as well. We are told that we are to reflect on our own baptisms even as we watch the baptisms of others. Christ putting his sign upon you, marking you out as his. And you know what the waters of baptism represent a cleansing and a forgiveness of sins. Pursue the means of grace, word, sacraments, and prayer. Jesus provides you with strength through the ordinary means of grace. He provided Peter with the strength that Peter needed to follow him, and he'll provide you with the power you need to be a faithful disciple, a disciple who listens and who repents and who shares their faith and follows Christ. A faithful disciple puts all of their hope in Jesus for their faithfulness. Does that make sense? Your right standing before God has 100% to do with Christ's faithfulness. Jesus kept the law on your behalf. That's what I'm getting at. He is a covenant keeper, and because he was faithful, you're counted as faithful. Jesus was your fall guy. He took the rap for your crimes against God, for your sins. He died in your place. Because of Christ's work, when the Father looks out at you, he sees faithful. God sees you standing before him in Christ's righteousness. Because Christ was faithful, you are counted as faithful. Because Christ was faithful, you are counted as faithful. Your attempt at being a faithful disciple springs forth from gratitude. You follow Christ because you're grateful. Your heart has been changed, you've been made alive because of him you're able to see you're born again in 1st Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 the apostle peter nearing the end of his life wrote the church saying blessed be God the father of our lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Your inheritance is imperishable. You will never lose your salvation. God will be faithful to finish what he started. Christian, Jesus bids you to come and to follow him, to be a faithful disciple put all of your trust in him. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, the cross is heavy. The cross is heavy, Lord, and some days we get our eyes off of you, off of the one we are to follow and onto ourselves, and when we do that, Lord, we are often discouraged. Lord, we need your help. We definitely need your strength. Lord, as we trust you, as we seek you, as we pursue you, would you speak to us? Would you provide us the strength? Would you provide us everything we need to follow you? Lord, we know that that starts in the heart, and so we would ask that you would come even this evening and that you would place your hand upon us that you would stir our hearts, that you would revive them, that you would fill us even with that kind of fire that we see in Acts 2 laid upon the head of those, those disciples in the upper room. Lord, we want to live lives that are a living sacrifice to you. We want to follow you. And Lord, we need your strength to do that. Would you make us your faithful disciples. Lord, would you open up opportunities for us to share our faith? And would you give us the boldness to step forward and follow you, to open our mouths and to tell of the great things that you have done for us. We thank you for those opportunities you give us, Lord. We'd ask that you'd help us, help us to follow you. We'd ask that you'd hear our prayers. In Christ's name, amen.